This week on Reset, we're talking Synology, QNAP, Griffin Router, Ubiquity, a little bit of A-L-E-X-A, and a whole lot more. Next on Reset. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is Reset. It can be found at reset.fm. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries. Mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and technology in general. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that has been sitting on my desk for years. It reminds me to be adventurous and have fun, because there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. I'm your host, Dave. I'm back here again. I know it's been it's been a while. It's been a real long while, and never apologize in podcasting, but I kind of apologize. Yep. It's uh, I did the uh, I did the podcast over there with Jim Collison, the Average Guy Geeks Network thing, and like the day after, you know, when like middle of the day, you start feeling that like that drainage to the back of your throat, and you're thinking, "That's it." In two days from now, I'm going to be feeling like you know H E double toothpick, right? That's what I felt that night. And then sure enough, boom, it was on. I had full-blown cold, allergies, something. It was a mess. And it took a while to get over. Did some traveling. Did some spring breaking. Didn't do your typical spring break. Went to, I don't know, what do you call it? Central Europe? Eastern Europe? Uh, Czech Republic? Hungary? Did all that kind of stuff. Paris? Had a good time traveling but it is definitely time to get back on reset and get back into the reset forums so join me there to talk about all this good stuff and more resetforums.com let's get going i'm real excited about this a-l-e-x-a so if you have one near you just mute it now in case i say it by accident there's i don't know how old this news is but you can now push music from your phone to your a-l-e-x-a now, that's not the coolest thing in the world, right? I mean, that's you can push music from your phone to a lot of devices, but it is cool for me because I have a couple of different things going on here. So it's now spring, hopefully rolling into warm weather. I've got the ALEXA outside hooked up to an amplifier and some outdoor speakers. Very cool to pick up the phone and cast... There is a little, it almost looks like Chromecast, like a little cast button, and it'll ask you where you want to send this music to. And I'm going to be able to say, just click pool, and it just sends my playlist to the pool. This is, by the way, local music on your phone or music that you have in the cloud, right? Your your Amazon music, your playlists, their own curated collections from the phone push to whatever alexa device you have so all right let's increase the cool factor if you are using grouping now what you do with grouping is you have to go into the app and you group together all of your different speakers and it will play all of them at once so you push the music like in my kitchen I would say I've got a, a an Echo Show. Got the new Echo Show. I would say, "Hey A Word, play 80s playlist on the home group." 
and she would repeat playing your 80s home group on <laughs> playing your 80s playlist on the home group loser i mean no she doesn't say that um i grew up in the 80s give me a break and it will play all of that it'll play your playlist from the cloud to your alexas synchronized all over the house all right let's up the coolness factor one more time i've got an echo dot hooked in to my home speakers all over my ceilings right in my house so it goes echo dot into an amplifier amplifier out to a wiring panel wiring panel out to volume control knobs volume control knobs to speakers all over my house selective it's selective because at that point you can't you can't go over to a volume control knob and check the you know change the source of uh, ALEX the ALEXA you can't do things like that like you can with you know the fancy schmancy systems but also we're talking about I'm doing this with less than a hundred dollars worth of gear an amplifier and a dot which I also have that brand new it's like echo dot without the speaker it's just uh it's just an input output device for bookshelf speakers I've got that in a box I haven't tried it yet it should work just fine so that's the the last coolness factor is you can push from your phone to your home group or whatever you call that group and you can also include the speakers in your house if you want to wire it up that way hit me up if you have any questions we probably might we need to talk about that a little on uh, on the forums i do have some videos on my youtube channel if you don't subscribe to that youtube.com slash david mccabe subscribe to that channel and look through the um Look through those Amazon videos because I go over it a little bit. Although some some of it's a little old, but it it all kind of pertains. All right, on the NAS front, Synology is holding some events all over the world. Actually, uh, let, let's just let me talk. Let's talk Europe. So Zurich, Hamburg, Paris, Moscow, Saint Petersburg, London, Madrid, Bratislava. I just drove through there. Uh, Milan, Copenhagen, you get it, right? All over the place. They're having Synology Worldwide Workshops. It's going to be training. So an in-depth look at all the latest Synology products. You're going to see it all right there in front of you. Hands-on. And maybe you'll meet, uh, I mean, maybe you'll win a prize. There's also giveaways. And, of course, you get to meet the Synology team face-to-face. Now, in North America, Massachusetts, Georgia, Vancouver, Seattle, Chicago, (gasps) Indiana, what? May 15th. Yeah, I'm acting surprised, but I'm signed up. I'm going to this. I will let you know. Ohio, Ontario, Michigan, Texas, Arizona, Florida, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. All my Wisconsinites, you better be getting going. That one's on June 4th. All my Minnesotans, June 5th. Marriott, Minneapolis, City Center. All you uh, Callies, Anaheim, San Jose, 
Miami, Florida. You guys, you guys should be, they're, they're everywhere. You should be going to one of these uh, Synology workshops. I will have a link in the show notes at reset.fm. I'm excited. I'm genuinely excited about taking a look at uh, everything. And it's kind of cool just to see it all, right? So that's going to be kind of really neat. Now, on the Synology front, I have the brand new Disk Station 1019 Plus. Over on my workbench, my reviews bench, fired up with a couple of brand new Seagate drives, brand new Seagate NAS drives, and cranked up, and it is under test. It is under review right now. So the big thing, I've done a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of shooting on this. I've, I've got a lot of clips. The big, big thing I'm looking at is, should I recommend the 1019 plus or the 918 plus? Now you're just going to have to stick around and figure out what I'm talking about there. But this, this, uh, Disk Station 1019 is uh, a very capable machine. It is a five bay, brand new. It is their latest and greatest iteration of Synology. It has got two two SIM slots for memory. It has two M.2 drives where you can put uh, drives on the bottom. You no longer have to burn a drive bay or drive slot with an SSD in order to do caching. So if you do a lot of, I would say you would really benefit from caching if you did a lot of computations and data transfer within the NAS itself, right? A lot of virtualization, a little hosted OS maybe. You're really going to benefit from that. And there are two slots where you can put in drives. That is really cool. In NVMe-based SSD slots. I should uh, make sure I say it correctly. I don't know what I said earlier. That's that's really cool. All right. I'm, I'm too poor to uh, afford two of those. Not, let alone one. You should see my gear is old. I was looking at the gear in front of me right now i have first generation core i7 that's my windows machine i have a 2010 imac 27 inch and then i have a, it's a burner computer i would say to my left on a 27 inch screen which i have showing my synology um, surveillance station also the ring app i don't know if you have a lot of Ring products in your life. You can download a Ring app for your PC. And every time there is a notification, like let's say movement on your such and such camera, it'll pop up and start showing that video feed instantly. You don't have to dig for your phone. You don't have to do anything crazy like that. So that's why I have that third PC on my left. So they're all surrounding me. Sounds cool, but these things are so old. I I really need to uh, I need to make some changes in my computing hardware life. I'm telling you. Okay, so we started talking about Synology workshops. This is going to be cool. I am going, and I would like you to go. So check out the link at reset.fm/slash six zero. It is episode sixty, and then report back in those reset forums. 
Let me know if you're going, and then let me know if, hey, if you win something for sure, let me know. Even you guys in Europe, even you guys in the Asian countries, this is, um, let's see, let's read them. Vietnam, uh, UAE, uh, Malaysia, Singapore, uh, another one in Malaysia, and uh, Auckland, New Zealand. So if any of you guys over there, wait, 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 these are already gone. No, this one goes April 18th. So these guys are over there right now doing that. So I, sorry, never clicked that tab. So this is happening real soon. Let me know if you're going. All right, newsflash. I need to tell you something. I'm going to need, uh, if you've known me for like the last at least 10 to 20 episodes, you probably should sit down right now. I'm about to blow your mind. About to, um, we're about to set a record. Call Guinness because I have had the same Wi Fi system and the same router in operation here at Reset Headquarters for over 30 days straight. I know. You can stand back up. You can get off the shoulder of the highway. You can resume driving you can resume everything important uh that's that's a big deal so what am i running my router and my backup wi-fi by the way is a box called griffin it it sounds like g-r-i-f-f-i-n but it's really g-r-y-p-h-o-n now if you search for that you're gonna find the griffin like mythical creature I haven't talked to these guys about how they got the Griffin name. I need to I need to talk to them. But G R Y P H O N mesh Wi-Fi router box is my router. Now I still have uh, Untangle sitting there waiting to go in case anything should blow up. But I'm really liking this Griffin router. So. It is a mesh Wi-Fi device. It is a, a MUM multi-in, multi-out, MUMIMO uh, Wi-Fi device that, by the way, has some extreme range to this thing. Let me just check with my phone as we speak because I have got this as a backup like wireless, like if I ever need to hop onto this, if the ubiquity were, were to die, there's a hint to the next thing we're going to talk about. I can jump on the Griffin SSID. And I'm telling you, it is strong as ever. As I sit in my upstairs office, the Griffin is in the basement of my home. There's a complete floor between us. Opposite end of the house The Griffin router is on its side, because this thing is tall. I have it on its side in between two layers of metal in a 19-inch telecommunications rack, as well as surrounded by metal ducting from a dual heater AC conglomeration. And I'm upstairs, and I've got good signal. 
I just connected to it, and it was lightning fast connection. Now, granted, it's 2.4 gigahertz. It's 2 gigahertz from here, naturally. It's, you're not going to get 5 gigahertz from here, regardless of how good it is. But I have a good connection. I am connected to it. I can do anything I want to do. It covers my house with this one little bitty, I shouldn't say little, because this device is kind of big. It covers with one box. One box. This thing's amazing. Um, he told me it was good. I talked to the creator of this box at CES for the last two years in a row. And he kept saying, Dave, you need to try this. You need to try my box because I created this for myself out of a need for me and my family. And, and that's the kind of guys you want to go to, right? This is not an Eero. This is not a Luma. This is not, you know, Linksys. This is just a company trying to make it out there. There's not a lot of them around, I would assume. Let's go to Amazon.com. Let's throw in, we're doing this live, G-R-Y-P-H-O-N, because that, the last time I checked, it is 209 for a single. That's expensive. I, I agree. That's expensive. $209. You don't want to know the two-pack costs, but it's $389. It has four and a half stars out of 247 reviews. That's not bad. That is not bad. Pretty good security. I say pretty good because I still have one security issue open with these guys. Kind of like a ticket. I have reported to them. I have not heard back. But I was a little disturbed about one thing that I found, and I'll share that in the review. A Griffin 2-pack covers 6,000 square feet. And I believe it. Right now, a single is covering at least that much. Now that's not 5.8 in every corner of my house, but and that's what kind of what I want. But a two pack would be amazing. Now, go back, go back and talk about my crazy house because my cable modem is in the bottom floor basement of my home. Entertainment system which is kind of central, family great room, middle Kids' room's office upstairs. I need Wi-Fi in every corner of this house, right? For ring doorbells and cameras and throne rooms. That's what we're going to call it. Not Game of Thrones, but throne rooms where you go and inevitably use your phone. You got to have good good connection there, right? I know. Am I right? Yeah. This thing is covering it. This thing is covering it. It would be even better if I would reroute my cable modem to my family great room, which I've done before in order to test things. So I just take the coax, route it to the coax in the great room, bring the cable modem upstairs, hook it in, bring the router upstairs in the great room, hook it in, and then light the switches all over my house from there. So then I have to use the Ethernet cable from there to light the switch in the basement, which the switch in the basement lights all the other switches all over. All over the property, including the pool. The pool house has a switch out there which lights everything. 
And if I did that with this Griffin, I think I, I might get away with one access point, except for the pool. The pool would need, you know, some pretty decent Wi-Fi outdoors. And you want to have decent Wi-Fi outdoors when you have a pool. So that's another thing. But I think a two-pack. Okay, so take that back. Is a two-pack going to be better for me? Not really. Not really. See, that's the problem is the house is big and you put you only have room to put that one in the middle. All the rooms around it, you, you don't want to put one there because it's too close. So what I end up doing is putting it in the office upstairs, which is on the top floor, central to the home, and it kind of covers the pool area. So no matter how good your box is, it's going to cover my house just so-so. And it's not fault of the box. It's fault of the house. It's just, it's just laid out that way. It is, honestly, it is laid out perfectly for an Eero system. Little bitty hot spots all over the place. Yet, I had trouble with that because I think I... I don't know if I had faulty stuff or if I was just using too many of them. You know, I was using eight euros at a time and it got confused a lot. But I'm inevitably going to be putting a recommendation on this Griffin device. AC3000 Tri-Band 4x4 Mumaimo. It's, it has got a lot of bells and whistles. It has parental controls built in that are very good. It's got good security in it. Uh, malware filtering detection. I, I clicked on, my wife told me, said there's a recipe on this Facebook. Um, it, my wife bookmarks recipes by re-blasting them to her followers or whatever you call it, Right? She'll see a recipe, she likes it, she'll share it. That way it's on her timeline, she can go back to it. She goes, check my timeline and check this recipe. All right, I did it, and the Griffin blocked it. Their website, wherever, you know, the Facebook video, whatever the hell it was, excuse me, uh, pointed you to a website, and the Griffin blocked it. And I'm like, sorry, sorry. Not going to your website, uh, you know, my router just blocked it. So I thought I thought that was cool. It's got a lot of good security to it, which comes with it for a year. It's optional after that for a small fee. And the parental controls are pretty nice. You can put some YouTube controls in there. Uh, you can do some VPN controls. It's pretty cool. App by app. You can set homework time. You don't have to turn off everything, but you can set homework time to just allow, you know, some browsing, you know, some Wikipedia action. I don't know. Um, we don't, we're not really into homework time yet. It's, we're kind of, it's on or it's off, right? So I'm liking it. It's going to get a recommendation. It's been my router so far for the last month and a half. My Wi-Fi, which sits right beside me, running 
I'm running the controller, the Unify network, the Ubiquity. I've got four access points still rocking and rolling. This has been literally the best Wi-Fi purchase I have made in probably 10 years. And I have bought a lot of Wi-Fi gear. I have had Unify gear before, but never this good. And I told you, I believe I talked about this on uh, Jim Collison's podcast where I had a ring doorbell giving me some fits. And it was actually the ring doorbell's fault. It was uh, it was exiting this world. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I thought, you know what? I need to get some stronger signal to this ring doorbell. Here is what I'm going to do. Because some of these devices get confused when they see that SSID repeated four times. They're like, what do we connect to? Wise camera is the same way. If you have multiple SSIDs on 2.4, Wise will not, it will not connect. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to kill two birds with one stone. I created a brand new SSID on my Ubiquity Unified Network. And I told my network via the free software that they give you to only route this SSID out a certain access point in my home. That was the closest access point to this troublesome ring doorbell. And it works like a charm. It works beautifully. Now, the ring doorbell (laughs) did finally give up the ghost. It died. But I have not changed my scheme. I still have that one SSID routing through one access point. And my wise cameras and that ring doorbell connect to it to this day. have never had a single issue whatsoever. And I am ecstatic about that. That is the coolest, coolest part of this. Is being able to really, really manipulate all of this stuff. So now file this under asking too much. I told you my cable connection is in my basement. Is it possible for these mesh connection kids, for these companies to do some sort of, I'm just a router, I'm not, a, I'm not an access point box? Because think about it. You buy, you buy a three-pack of these things, and you put one in your basement, sandwiched in between air conditioning ducts and telecommunication racks, and it's it's util, it's it's useless. You can only connect to it if you're standing in front of it, working on your on your gear. That's literally how I've ran with like the Eros and the Orbeez and and all these things. It. Griffin's a different, it's a different story. It it powers through, it muscles that Wi-Fi out of that basement and into the rest of the house. But I've seen no one else do that. I really haven't. So is it asking too much for these kit manufacturers to have one box as a router box and the rest of them as access points? Yes, I believe that's probably asking too much. But hey, I wrote it down and I'm sharing it with you. That's just what I need. So basically that means I need it. it, uh, I have to 
I have to burn one. You just literally have to burn one. Because, like, say, Eero, if you take it out of router mode and put it only in access point mode, you lose out on some features. It turns things off. So you literally have to use their router and burn a device if they're not going to give you, you know, one dedicated router. And I get it. They're trying to make it easy. They're making it so easy. You Either port on the back of that thing can be used as the WAN and one as the LAN. So no big deal. No big deal. Do you remember us talking about Amazon and Eero, right? Amazon buys Eero. I threw out the gauntlet saying they will integrate Eero into their platform. You're going to talk to a box. It's going to feed you Wi-Fi at the same time. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're not talking about that, but we're talking about uh, Kevin Tofel is a, a podcaster, a Chrome. He's a Chromebook guy, right? He has a, all about Chromebooks. He's uh, frequently on uh, Twit podcasts. He is on the IoT podcast with uh, Stacy Higginbotham, uh, the Internet of Things podcast. He was chatting on that last show I heard about digging through some code on Google and finding mentions of a smart speaker Wi-Fi combo. And it is a stone throw away to put in a Zigbee radio and have it all in one device. And I I think that's going to happen. I I can't see how it is not going to happen with Google to have an all-in-one talk to it, get Wi-Fi from it, get music from it, and have it control your light switches and whatnot. I think I think all the kids are going this way, and I think Amazon will soon not follow because they're doing it. I think that uh, they will follow up with uh, a new hub, a new show three that'll have all of this built in. Uh, it's coming. It is coming. That's really cool. I like that idea. It makes me think about Google some more, except for their whole Wi-Fi part. I have never been fond of their Wi-Fi performance. I think I would rather be back on Eero uh, to be uh, just blunt about it. Speaking of all-in-ones, and of course my favorite company of choice right now for Wi-Fi, Unify, Ubiquity, I talked about this earlier in a podcast. They have something called the UDM. It's the Unified Dream Machine. It has 802.11 AC 4x4 um, Wi-Fi. It's got a four-port managed gigabit switch. It has a security gateway built into it with intrusion detection. It has the Unified Network Controller, which... That's that's a good and bad thing. You have to have the uni- you have to have the network controller in order to see the stats and whatnot and to add access points. That's just free software you can get or you can buy a key and a box and it runs on your network. You you don't have to run it. You can add your Wi-Fi and then turn it off. You don't have to, but it's nice to have all the stats. And it's scalable meaning it's going to mesh. And right now, it's an early access test product at $299. This was released about a month ago. And not a whole lot of information on it, but I think 
Unify is doing the same thing here with the all-in-one device. So that's that's really interesting. We will see. I will definitely let you know um, what happens with that. So I did tell you early on the show that I was going to be talking some QNAP because QNAP has released the device I've kind of been waiting for and I'm going to beg QNAP for one of these. It is the TR it is a TR-002. Now what this box is, you guessed it, it's a two-bay QNAP, but it's not a NAS. It has the capability of extending your QNAP NAS. So, yes, it's an extra two-bay. By the way, it comes in a four-bay as well. That you can hook into the back of your QNAP NAS, and that gives you two more drive slots. So, that is pretty cool in itself. But you can also use this thing as a direct-attach storage device and that is kind of what has piqued my interest because on my main production PC I am using an external hard drive to back up all of my very large video projects. When you work with video and 4k and all of this stuff it makes a very large file and I hate backing those things up to my NAS, right? It just, they're just huge files. They take up so much room. And I, I i feel like, man, I should keep that. But I really don't want to be taking 60 gig of my NAS that was this two-minute video, this two to four-minute video. It's just ungodly amounts of storage. So this, I have a, USB drive just sitting back here with all my stuff. There's, It's not protected in any way. It's not connected to the cloud. It's just there it is in case I need that. If it died, I wouldn't be that tore up, right? I've got I've got, uh, I've got the video. I, I did it. The project is done. But if I ever want to go back and I have, I have gone back before, reloaded the project, trimmed it down or, you know, done some tweaks or something. So this TR-002 is a two-bay. It's a USB 3.1. This is Gen 2 USB. That means it's lightning fast as a direct attach storage device. You can literally attach this thing I th- uh, USB-C to C, I'm pretty sure. It comes with a C to A cable with it, but I think you can go direct C to C Oh, as a direct attach storage. I don't have one yet, so I would really, really, really love to have one of these. It comes with a software product, uh, a RAID manager, because you can set it up to do different uh, RAIDs, although it's kind of harking back to old. It has dip switches on the back. Yes, dip switches. And that's how you set the RAID mode on the box. And I know... All you storage guys out there have all had a card, a RAID card, or some kind of RAID module where you've had to set dip switches. So that's kind of cool. It will do individual mode where every every disk in it is a separate disk, right? So you could have a C and a D and an E and an F or whatever. 
It'll do JBOD, just a bunch of disks. They're recognized as a big single drive. So you can put two big old drives in there and it becomes one ginormous drive. No protection, no data protection if you were to have a failure. But sometimes it's nice to have a big old 20 gig drive sitting out there. It'll do RAID 0. That gives you, uh, that's going to be the fastest performer of the bunch here. Data is split amongst the drives, but again, zero data protection. It'll also do RAID 1. So there you go. Mirror it up with whatever drives you have, and you've got a little data protection. That's kind of what I think I would need as my direct attached storage to my, um, my video production PC. And it'll do also, you can set it to ignore all of that and be controlled by software. So, and I think that's where you use the um, the software that comes with it or you the, the computer you have uses that as well. I, I'm going to have to dig into that a little bit more because if you could use software, why wouldn't you just put it in maybe individual mode? Like if you're going to, you know, use one of those RAID softwares or those extender drive extender type softwares just put it in jbod or individual mode maybe i don't know it's just it's flexible right it's giving you options i think it's really cool how you can expand the capacity of your nas as it sits it's you're getting full you just buy this box the two bay guys the two bay is oh i deleted my uh, amazon tab it's 150 bucks let me find this again. TR-002. TR-002. It's QNAP. Let's find it. There it is. Two bay is $149.99. Hold the phone. The four bay is $199. It's not even 99 cents. It's just $199. That's a pretty good deal. That is a great deal if you are bumping up against the limitations of your NAS as it sits today. QNAP user. Now, I got to be careful because it is it has some compatibility issues. You really need to make sure it is compatible with the NAS that you have today. It needs a certain level of operating system on the QNAP in order to be able to extend the storage of your NAS. You could also make it external storage, right? Just like hooking up uh, a USB drive and backing up to that. But it would be like you could do a mirror, you know, and it would have redundancy in your redundancy. How cool is that? So that's that's so affordable. I mean, 149 and 199 that's very, very affordable. And I think that's cool. And QNAP, if you're listening, hook me up. I'll give you my address. Okay, uh, sad news. It's going to cost more to be a cord cutter. Can you believe what is going on? We, this is all your fault. I'm pointing at you, not me. I never asked for this option. Actually, I'm lying. We all asked for cord cutting. We all asked for a la carte. And baby, here it is, and... They're just ratcheting up the prices month after month. YouTube started at 35 bucks, went to 40 bucks, and now it is 50 bucks a month. 
for YouTube TV. Now, I'm, I lament that because I do think YouTube has got one of the best, if not the best, options right now. I think Sling is right there with them. They're adding Discovery Channel. That's why you're paying more. They're adding Discovery Channel. You can't a la carte this. That's, that's, the, that's the nitpicky part. Why did you raise it if I didn't? I bought it. I'm on YouTube TV. I didn't have Discovery Channel. I would rather pay $40 a month and not have it. I know someone's saying that. I would like to have Discovery Channel, but I don't have it. I'm still a cord cutter. All, I'm still just supreme cord cutter. I am OTA, baby. Over the air. All in. But Discovery Channel, HGTV, all that good stuff. Travel. Oh, Motor Trend TV. I'd love to have Motor Trend TV. This is such a good channel. <laughs> if you're if you're a gearhead, that's a good channel. It's good stuff. So, I don't know. Let me know what you think. That's crazy. Um, NAB just came and went. Uh, you remember La C? La C? I think, did Seagate buy La C? Yes, Seagate bought La C. I'm stretching my uh, my memory banks here. They've got a brand new uh, device out. It's called the Too Big. Actually, they've had this thing out before. It's uh, it's a RAID array, and it's a Type C RAID array. It holds three and a half inch um, drives up to sixteen terabytes. It's basically kind of what we were talking about with that QNAP Type C interface. Um, Thunderbolt. This bad boy. $699. Yeah. I mean, LaCie has always been expensive. So, wow, this thing. I mean, it looks nice. It's populated with um, two 8-terabyte uh, Seagate drives at that price. So, you know, don't don't freak out too much. There is, There are hard drives with it. That also includes data recovery services, too. So... There's something to be said about that. This thing dies, you send it in, you get your stuff back, right? All right, next, TP-Link has announced a new Wi-Fi mesh system. This is a uh, three-unit system to cover 5,500 square feet, up to 100 devices, AC 1200 speeds, and the price, $179.99. I know. This is supposed to be released on April 15th. Look at reset.fm slash 60 for the show notes. I'll give you the link. That's not bad. I mean, it might be worth a try. I have no idea if it's going to have uh, Ethernet back uh, backhaul. So far, it only looks like it will do uh, wireless backhaul. The cool thing is, if you have the Deco M5, this thing will work with it. So... That's kind of new. I've always wanted to try the M5 series because they were a little less expensive. And so Deco M4, let's pull. Maybe someone needs to buy this or maybe TP-Link needs to send me one and I will test it as well. But all kinds of options these days for mesh Wi-Fi. Even more options. Uh, Zyxel. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Z-Y-X-E-L. You remember those guys, switches, routers? I I ran the USG20 for I don't know how many years. They've got 
a new Wi-Fi mesh system, of course. But this is AC2100, uh, 4,000 square feet, tri-band, uh, ALEXA enabled, and it comes in a pair. So you get two of these. It's called the Multi-U. The Multi-U. Now, the weird thing about this thing is it has it has like a leash. It's like kind of reminds me of soap on a rope kind of look to it. So it's it's kind of weird, but price is kind of right. It's 200 bucks. This is available today. Uh, I'm looking at it. I can get this delivered tomorrow if I order this right now. Two ports on the back with a power port. It has uh, an optional stand that you can flip down and it'll just kind of sit on a table like a stand. So that's not too bad either. Tons, tons. There's too many options now. Stop it, everybody. Okay, I'm done. We're done. Let's get out of here. You remember, I used to do this thing about what I'm reading. I would find something cool that I'm reading about or watching, and I would share it with you. I've got another one, and I've shared from these guys before, uh, World War II Foundation. These guys have some videos on Amazon Prime, and they're free with Prime if you take a look at them. So head over to reset.fm slash 60 for this link. But I'll give you an example. Uh, it's called D-Day over Normandy. And I haven't watched it personally because it's it's um, narrated by Bill Belichick. And I have a thing against the Patriots, so I haven't watched this one. There's some other ones about uh, the USS Arizona, Pearl Harbor, and some more uh, videos on the European uh, front. Really good stuff from the World War II Foundation, and I will have that link over on the show notes, so check that out. Thanks for listening. If you feel like it, you can go over to uh, patreon.com slash reset and support this podcast and the Reset Forums over there, and we would appreciate it. See you next week. This has been Reset. It can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io, and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums, resetforums.com. Intro and outro music is by Daryl Lee. Find it at soundcloud.com, Daryl Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.